cool. So want to talk music, want to talk a little bit hair and, and talk a little bit about just being a, a music fan. But uh, <laughs> I guess I got to start off with uh, the coolest thing. So last night you were playing a concert. Dude, what's that like? I'm totally going through massive concert withdrawals here in California. What's a concert like in 2020? Oh, my God, man. It was incredible. It, it really uh, fed my soul in the best of ways the crowd response was amazing there's such a vibe to a concert that i feel like we all as people have taken for granted and uh, we're starting to realize that now and being able to perform was amazing i feel complete i mean we did a tour in january but it's been so long i keep saying this is like our only show of the year but technically it's not but that one show that'll hold me over because i really took it in <laughs> so talk to me break it down where was it uh what was the lineup how many people in the room masks the whole deal break it down for me what's this show look like okay people were wearing masks for the most part um it was like half mask half not we did a small venue sold out at i think 250 was what it was incredible the stage was like taped off um there was caution tape so we, you know we weren't really being as intimate with the crowd as normal but uh yeah everybody was amazing the crowd response was incredible singing along it was just great honestly it was it was kind of like one of the old school i grew up in the hardcore scene up here in new york so yeah. it was like one of those very intimate you know smaller shows i love that so I mean, were people shoulder to shoulder? I mean, were people, uh, you know, doing some moshing and stuff? I mean, what was the what was the crowd atmosphere like? Yeah, yeah, people were. There was moshing. Some people were shoulder to shoulder, but like I said, some were wearing masks. Nobody was really, you know, everybody was facing forward and you know just headbanging and having a good time and like throwing their hands up and stuff. So it was the closest thing to normalcy that I've definitely experienced this year. <laughs> and where was the show? At like what city at least in? Where was it? Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. And were you headlining or opening? How long of a set did you get to play? We were headlining. We played We, we played only a 45-minute set just because we didn't want to keep it too long. And again, we didn't want to keep people crammed up too long. And we wanted to kind of control that part of the show, I guess. And So 45 minutes was great. You know, sold a lot of merch. It, it was awesome, <laughs> honestly. I think people have been really itching for this, you know. So like you said, it's been so long for you. And, and I feel that's how everybody feels. And, you know, those that want to go back, you know, we want to perform you, for you. And, we, you know, we're not going to manipulate or any sort of individual into going to concerts. So if you feel comfortable coming to a show, you know, it would, it would be an honor to play for you. And if you don't, you know, by all means, please stay home and, you know, or, or do whatever you need to do. You know, it's funny. You talk about it being such a spiritual thing, a, a live concert, and I'm sure it was. And kind of curious about the physical thing. Like, you're a guy that stays in shape and works out, but I'm sure that a, uh, your normal gym workout is, is quite different than a uh, than a concert workout that that lather that you work up completely different, right? It's so funny. I, I woke up. I'm like, uh, I pulled a muscle in my calf. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got some. I got some muscles I haven't worked out in a long time. But you know, I I like to do cardio quite a bit when I go to the gym, and and it's just to keep my endurance up, and it allows me to not get so winded on stage. But yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely work out on stage. You need to incorporate, like, you know, stepping on the monitor, some sort of, you know, foot up during your your workouts or something to, you know, get that foot on the monitor kind of uh, you know, <laughs> routine into into it. Uh, really digging <laughs> digging the song, uh, who we are, kind of uh, the sum of all parts, but a very personal song for you too. Talk about that tune. The song means a lot to me. Um, as a general statement, first I'll open with is that I want I want us to really uh, as individuals to get. Re- 
real with ourselves, laugh at ourselves, understand ourselves, love ourselves, accept our own imperfections. And I think people don't do that. I think we're too busy looking at other people and doing that, but for them. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're looking at others, judging others, not accepting of others or their individuality. We preach about it, but I don't think we really are about it as a society, to be honest. We don't really understand ourselves sometimes, or we're afraid to look in the deepest, darkest corners of ourselves and acknowledge those. I am currently back. I mean, I've been working on it for years, but I am currently back in therapy, working on some childhood traumas that I have just kind of swept under the rug just to keep life moving and thinking that I can work through them on my own. And, you know, unfortunately, they're bigger beasts than I'm somewhat able to handle. And that comes really in the play of just not having a father growing up. I was not desired by my sperm donor of a father and uh, I was kind of beat on actually I wasn't kind of I, I was physically beat on by an abusive stepfather for about nine years of my life it's stuff that has affected my relationships with all sorts of people from friendships to romantic relationships and honestly has affected me into a place of not letting people in so even when I'm in relationships, I kind of still have my significant other a little bit at an arm's length just because I'm, you know, I'm, I have a hard time letting people in or being in a vulnerable state for that. So I'm really trying to work on things like that. And yeah, so chipping away at the wall. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, we're just like we're all like a, each of us are a, a giant block of marble and we just got to chip away at ourselves and reveal the, you know, our truest selves. And that's what I'm trying to do, honestly. I love it. And I love one of the things that you talked about, like about kind of evolving as a person and to go back on the, the therapy thing. My dad was a clinical psychologist my whole life growing up. So I'm okay. all about therapy and I love when people do talk about it because it doesn't get talked about enough. I really think that it should be like mandatory, like a physical is mandatory every year that, you know, for your yeah. physical being, there should be a mental therapy component to that where once a year you sit down and talk to a therapist and then if that needs to be more, it develops into more. But at least once a year you check in with the therapist because everyone's got something on their plate, no matter how big or small, you know, no matter what their economic status this is everyone's got their own drama to deal with. You are 100% correct. And I was saying that honestly about a week ago that it should be like a primary, you know, a, an extension of that almost because we are so focused on our exteriors that we forget so much about our in our interiors lack in severely because of it. And, it. and that honestly is shaping us as we continue to steer away from the deeper parts of ourselves and, and really focusing on that. We, I don't know, it's, it's morphing society into a whole different, you know, place. Now, of course, yeah, I do love to be in the gym. I do like, you know, I, I am also a barber and a hairstylist, so I do like things that help build confidence on the exterior, but your interior gets neglected and I refuse to neglect that part of myself. Yeah, no, I was going to say, amen, brother. I mean, preach on. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But there certainly is a, a, a mental component to the physical stuff as well. But uh, you had touched on, on being a, a hairstylist, and I wanted to get into that as well. And a couple different fronts. So, you know, I was trying to think of it from your perspective. I'll put you in my shoes for a second. I, me being a radio guy, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I love radio. Whenever I listen to the radio and the DJ starts to talk, most people turn down the radio. I'm the guy that turns it up. Or, you know, the news anchor on TV. Oh, wait, wait, let me stop and see what he's saying, you know, because that's 
what I do. I'm curious for you, it must be impossible to walk down the street. Do you just walk down the street and every single person you see, you like reimagine their hairdos in your head going, oh man, why did you do it like that? You should do it like this. Or why did you dye it that color? Or why did you part it in the middle? Or why is it that length? Or use this product instead of that product? I mean, does that go off constantly in your head? Um, it, it goes off quite frequently, yes. Um, I, I do, especially, I mean, I'll, I'll look at, if, if a guy's got a fade, I'll look at his fade real quick. And I'll look at like you know but i'm also a hairstylist so i learn things that barbers don't learn as well like i look at like you know head forms and you know like the occipital bone and where you're supposed to start and the you know the ridge around the head like i look at like the size or like i guess the anatomy of the skull and where certain like parts you want to look for when you're like fading up to a certain line and like there's all these like certain things so then i kind of like critiquing the barber But then I, I look at, like, when I see women's hair, I will look at, like, their highlights, you know, and see, like, the patterns and things like that, or, like, you know, who toned it. And um, I, I don't know. I, I do look at, I do do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Would the perfect client be the person that sits down and goes, Joey, go for it, man? Or would you rather have the client that goes, okay, this is exactly what I need? I do like a little bit of direction just because everybody has their own sort of taste. Even those who are very open-minded, they still have some sort of direction. I mean, there's a reason why they're sitting in my chair. And it's going to come down to um, either, again, highlights, overall color, crazy fashion colors, you know, whatever they're looking at. You got to you gotta give me something to start with, and then I could, I could build from there. But I do love the combination of the both. I have girls that just do, like, really wild, vibrant colors and, like, I guess they call it mermaid hair, unicorn hair, whatever you want to call it. And those girls, when they sit down, they just let me go to town, and those come out the best um, <laughs> as far as those ones. And yeah, I, I love, like, the balayage, the highlights, you know, all, all the ombres and all that, you know, I guess more traditional highlighting, you know, they still give me a place to start. And yeah, we just, again, we just kind of roll from there. But I do have most of my clients just trust me, thankfully. And we just, we, uh, we make art. That's what I totally get it as a creative outlet. And, you know, it's funny, the longer I do this, the more people that you start to learn. I've also done your path as well. And I was curious if you know any, like Ryan Shuck of Orgy and, and, um, uh, oh, yeah. Dead by Sunrise and, and then his band Julian K and now part of Edema and then James Hart from 18 Visions even I, I just Hart, yeah man yeah dude so are you friends with all those guys so I am fans of all those guys I <laughs> have not I, I look up to James Hart as a vocalist I mean, he is uh, a guy that kind of as I was learning my voice and discovering what I can do and I, I love 18 Visions I, I like what he did with Burn Halo too I, I learned that some of the guys you know in 18 Visions I think there was a couple other guys that did hair too if I'm not mistaken but yeah a lot of us musicians we're just artists of different forms of art as well so just creative people I guess yeah no I totally get it like putting putting lyrics on a paper and, and then shaping somebody's hairstyle I, I totally get the, the the creative outlet for that and, and I also want to say too me big 18V fan as well and amen thank god they came back what was it two years ago with that that comeback album and they're around again yeah but I was actually listening to that in the gym probably about a couple weeks ago yeah I'm glad they're back another dude who I just found out who does hair too is uh, Alex Wade who plays one of the guitarists in the band White Chapel Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. He got his license yeah, a couple years ago or whatever. There's a lot of us out there. It's cool. It's a cool little fraternity. And, and you know, speaking of uh, of friends, and we were talking earlier about who we are, but interesting to learn that JD of Ice Nine Kills was helping you on that tune. And talk about your uh, relationship with him and his involvement in that song. 
Yeah, JD and I go far back. So JD's from Rochester, where I am from. Actually, a good handful of the guys that were in Ice Nine Kills, you know, are from Rochester, and we kind of all grew up in the same music scene. Just started being friends, you know, in our teens. And JD is my producer, and he gets my vision, and we just work so well together. And um, we put a lot of emotion into the music and to the lyrical content of this song. And you know, he he's so talented. We call him a prodigy. There's no instrument he cannot either learn or play or already knows how to play and master at. He's just unbelievable as a producer. So he's got all those skills, plus he knows all the buttons to press and how to make everyone sound great at the same time. Oh, man, it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I, like, it, it, it gets annoying sometimes uh, how talented he is. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you met him? Was it at a show at school? Where was it? It had to have been a show. I mean, we've been friends for over 15 years, so I can't even really think that, that far. Definitely, definitely must have been a show. Well, one other friend I wanted to ask you about, a guy that's uh, been uh, really championing you as of late, uh, Chris Motionless, and curious if you knew. Uh, obviously, you opened for him recently on tour, but did you know him uh, before that tour? Did you get to meet him on tour? So, unfortunately, we that tour did not happen. It's gotten postponed because of COVID. We were supposed to go out in April. That tour was running April and May. Ah. Um, unfortunately, we did not get to experience that, but hopefully we will in the next couple of years. Chris is amazing. The amount of momentum that we have currently going on, I give Chris so much, if not most of that credit, because he threw us on his playlist and it just spread like wildfire. He's become a strong voice in the, in the music scene. You know, he is a fan of the music and he's just become a good friend. And uh, I met him through JD. Ah. And he's just, he's kind of listened to all of our stuff because of JD. He was showing him like everything. And Chris is like, this is great. So he's, you know, and every now and then he'll throw his two cents in of which song is his favorite and hearing my voice develop. So it's been great. And then, you know, just kind of built a friendship from that, from, you know, playing Xbox together and I'll cut his hair, you know, sometimes. And, you know, we're all like horror movie buffs. We'll watch movies together and bro down, eat food and you know, simple things like that. I was going to ask you if Chris let you uh, cut his hair. That's rad that he does. You know, when he's up here, you know, working with JD and stuff, I'll stop on out, visit. We'll all just kind of hang out when their sessions are wrapping up. And if they need a cut, they'll let me know. But yeah, I've done it. I've done it every now and then when he needs one. Cool. Well, Joey, I appreciate all the time. Just a couple last questions for you. And since we're having some fun talking about musicians and other friends and stuff. And ultimately, you know, it's because we're music fans, really, is what it all boils yep. down to. What I do, what you do talking about being fans of other bands like that's what it is our love for the music so i want to geek out a little bit about music some more and i like putting bands into categories and kind of make you pick your favorite out of that category to kind of encapsulate okay. a certain time period of music so i want to take you back to the early 90s and what was kind of ruling rock radio at that time for what i've lovingly uh, entitled the flannel five so okay. <laughs> Not that any of these bands could tour or anything. I'm just curious, your favorite out of the following five, out of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, or Alice in Chains? Oh, man. I only get to pick one out of that? Your numero uno. That's the point of the game. All those bands are great, of course. I need to know your yeah. numero uno out of them. I got to go with Nirvana. If it was not for Nirvana, I would not be a musician. Really? Break it down. Tell me why. Yeah, I was nine or ten years old. 
and a buddy of mine introduced me to Nirvana. We used to just go to his house because he just had the very nonchalant parents or the parents that weren't like the around coolest. too much, so we got to turn the radio super loud. I had a strict <laughs> Italian mother, you know, growing up, so any chance I got to sneak away and just kind of rebel in my own ways, I was about it. Right. So, I don't know what we threw on, maybe in bloom or breed, maybe something, and just turned it so loud, and we grabbed his stepdad's uh, Fender Telecaster, and we threw it on, and just didn't even know what we were playing. We were just like being kids with long hair and skateboarders and jumping off the couch and pretending, you know, <laughs> we were just rocking out. So that's kind of what it was, and it's funny because shortly after is when I got my first guitar, and, you know, I just wanted to learn guitar because of my obsession for Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, and I also love that Nirvana obviously came from the Seattle scene, and and really also, too, I love Kurt's, you know, love for the Beatles. I love that Kurt was very real and raw, and I pride myself on that. I, I like to think of myself as a person like that. Yeah. Um, he was all things art, you know? So was he the greatest? You know, it's, that's not what it's about. He was just a creative soul, and he did something very special for the scene. Now, it, that's why that, que that question is so tough, because it's like, I love Pearl Jam. I was not like, you know, you know one or the other or anything like that. But I love, obviously, Soundgarden you know great too Stone Temple Pilots is great I, I love all those bands but you know Soundgarden is right up there so but Nirvana but, overall number one yeah they were the most in influential for me you know so I have to go with that yeah I mean they were kind of the kings and I think that you know like we were talking about with Kurt it was so raw and real but man he could write some pop songs too that fool could write some pop songs you sure can, man. All right, so one one more for you. So if, if that's kind of yep. that's kind of early '90s rock, let's take it more into the the late '90s, early 2000s. Add another one to it, and then this one I like to call the new metal six pack. This is gonna be my favorite. Yeah, so I knew I was gonna hit you with this. So this is gonna be comprised of Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Lincoln Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, System of a Down. Oh my gosh, this is hard. This one was hard. I gotta go with corn though. All day corn. I bought a an Ibanez RG series because of Monkey and Head. Like I, anything those guys played, I was buying it. So when I started like learning more about guitar and everything and drop tuning and yeah, corn. I, I would say too. I look at Jonathan Davis as a little bit of an influence for me vocally. Oh, but that's tough too because Corey Taylor is like. <laughs> I naturally kind of have like a barky scream that I kind of feel like I maybe, you know, bit off of Corey Taylor a little bit too. So I don't know, man. I, I love both. That's that's very, very close. But I think Corn is like one step more of a favorite. So You can go with it. They were their first argument too. Yeah, that's also very true. You know what? We were jamming Corn on the way home from our, our show yesterday. It was one of those moments, obviously, you listen to a band so many times, but there was like, it just sparked a conversation. It was like, nobody sound, sounded like Corn, nope. you know, especially for that era of music and that's the most amazing thing is like oh god I wish the radio still played the stuff like I wish they were still open to bands that like kind of experimented like that you know um, I miss that I I, I, I I hope that one day radio will play more stuff like that and, and really take a chance on rock again and, and all of that stuff and I love that you play rock and I love that you ask me these questions especially the bands that you're picking from too so you know thank you for doing what you do honestly <laughs> I, I gotta just spin it on you for a minute so yeah no I, I I agree and I, I do my best and I do my little part to do what I can for the the new music scene because I, I agree it's like triple a baseball you gotta have the minor leagues to have the major leagues and if you don't replace those major league talent you're not going to have another talent 
You know what I mean? Like you got to develop those bands, got to help those bands yeah. along get to the major leagues. You know? Yeah, me and the label talk about that. The, the second wave, you know, of rock and, and, and metal and stuff, and where is it going to go? And yeah, I mean, you know. So thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for all the time. I appreciate it. Really fun talking to you. And last one for you. And since you're having fun with these categories, and I think I think you're the right guy for this. I'm not totally sold on the next evolution yet, but I feel like I. Got got to get into metalcore next that would be the next one and and so i'm not totally sold on this i'm kind of more asking for some some help on this one so if we got flannel five new metal six so it'd be metalcore seven and it would be something like obviously kill switch engage lamb of god shadows fall avenge sevenfold trivium and then i got what two more would either be like a treyu uh as they lay dying maybe god forbid Oh, man. This one. Wait, was that seven or did you have one? I had eight. Side? I actually had eight in there. That's the problem. I'm having I'm having a tough time with that that last spot. Did you did you have somebody or do you want me to help you with something? Help, help me with it. So Kill Switch is a lock. Lamb of God's a lock. Shadows Fall is a lock. Uh, Avenge Sevenfold's a lock. Those four I feel real good about. Trivium, I think, is a lock. That's five. Then I'm a little bit sketchy. Then out of the remaining bands we have, As They Lay Dying, <laughs> Atreyu, God Forbid. Okay. I would say those are good going based on, you know, uh, especially what you're, you're calling metalcore, because I think metalcore uh, gets, has, like, so many different styles now of what people consider metalcore. Now, when you say, like, as they dying, like, I consider those guys a big... Uh, now, they're not the oldest band out of everything you, you named, but I believe they really helped shape uh, metalcore as, as to what I think metalcore is, I'll, I'll say. But I think those are great picks, honestly, all of them. Now, to be another one that sits within roughly the same vein of all those bands i mean you could also go with a band like you know darkest hour they would be great man i mean also that era you know like you're saying Avenged sevenfold and you're looking for the biggest and the pioneers and the biggest you know what i mean like they've had to have been the the biggest of that era wow that's tough that's very tough yeah i don't know if bullet should be in there somewhere bullet for my valentine great bullet yeah bullet's great i mean they're they were big you know, see, it's so weird because I'm like a part of like, you know, some of that underground hardcore metal, you know, scene that I, so like there's bands that I think like had really good cult followings, but I understand what you're saying though, too. Like bands that were really big and broke out and shaped certain things to the masses. So yeah, I don't like, know. Cause I remember seeing like even 18 divisions when they came out and they were, you know, they played Hellfest and you got James Hart and all these guys coming in like black button downs and red ties <laughs> and like guy liner, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, like, yeah. of course, like Hellfest had band, you know, bands like Bane and Botch and Converge and all these bands. So, you know, 18 Visions took a huge chance, got glammed up, came in and just brought in like a whole new element of like, I guess, metalcore and hardcore and like a whole different avenue. So that's that's crazy, man. That's great. I love that era of music so much. Dude, we, um, haven't, we haven't even touched that, on Bleeding Through yet. Come on. I mean, there's so many bands oh to get to. Bleeding, Bleeding Through is great. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Oh, I just miss this era. See, now it's like it's like venturing off, not even so much in a metalcore. Or this is all metalcore, and it just umbrellas so much. Yeah, I think oh, that's God, what man. it is. I remember seeing Bleeding Through. Oh, uh, they were great. And put out a new album in the past year or so. They... They put out a really strong comeback album, too. I did I did skim a couple of tracks off of it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I can't even <laughs> pick that for you. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll do this debate again and, and later on down the line when there's shows to promote and, and stuff going on and, and we're back in the real world or, or have it over a beer in person sometime when the world gets normal and we'll, we'll nail down this Metalcore 7 thing. Absolutely. I agree. I love it, man. Joey, thank you so much for the time. 
Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967, and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show, Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.